pussy, man. A nigga like me, man. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. I be feeling like one of them ball playing niggas, you know? Like Bird or Magic or something. Yeah, you know a nigga got dough. A nigga could leave the league. But if I leave, the fans still gonna love me, man? Hey, fantasy, session, we talking touchdowns, receptions, interceptions. They got a band to kicker, we need that correction. Talk mouth, we flexing. How many of y'all you collect? We trying to get that winning record. Fantasy, session, fantasy, session, fantasy, session, fantasy, session, fantasy, session. And we back. What it is, hope it's what it should be. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy and Session, the podcast. Today is July the 2nd, and the boys are back in town with a special episode of that Fantasy is in Session. Today, uh, we got a couple good folks sliding through the session, man. Um, shout out to Javar, shout out to Lo, shout out to Tonyo, shout out to everybody that's in here today. How y'all been? How y'all been? Been good, bro. Just uh, trying to, you know, prep for this uh, Scott Fishbowl we got coming up and shit. You know what I'm saying? Big big times coming up. That Fishbowl is like the. the, It feels like it's always like the official start to the, you know, the football season, bro. Like that, like kicks it off, bro. So it's my first year in it, man. I'm excited, bro. It's all our first year in it, man. Yes, sir. (laughs) What pick you got? Uh, Fourth. Fourth. So that shit sucks. That third round reversal, bro. I I never did third round reversal, so. When I went into it, I thought that it was going to be like, you know, three rounds, no, two rounds reverse, and then another two rounds to reverse it back. And like, I thought I was doing that every like three rounds or whatever, but I was wrong. And I feel like the people on the front really get screwed by this shit, but whatever. Yeah, the people in the back <laughs> is lit. Hey, that back is Yes, right. Y'all are lucky as fuck, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, at first I'm going to still beast. I'm going to still beast, you know, it's all good. But we, we might, we might miss out on like the back end. We might miss out on that top five quarterback that. You know, that's the only thing that sucks mm. about it. But we'll be able to get a, you know, a good top five. Quarterback's, quarterback's extremely important in this format, bro. You get Fact. points for incompletions, completions. You get negative Fact. six for a pick six. Like, points for a pick and then six I, points for a pick six, bro. So I think I'm definitely going to go quarterback, quarterback, though. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. No, too. no, that's no, some no, crazy no, no. Value. Hold on, hold on, like hold, if, on hold on, hold Travis on. Travis Kelsey hold on, balls hold on, hold on. to me in the second round. Lowe's, hold on, hold on, hold on. We let a lot of time go by without um, giving a moment of silence. So I want to do that first. So get, let's give a moment of silence to all the our black kings and queens that have been falling victim to, you know what I'm saying? Black Lives Matter, still the movement. You know, since we're going to get about eight minutes. And we back. But, but what I wanted to say before that is shout out to my boy Los, man. He got accepted in the. Um, no, all right. Well, yeah. not shout out to my boy Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's it's not official yet, bro. Gotta relax, my guy. Hey, bro. Nevertheless, nevertheless, big thanks. My boy Lowe's in his bag. He and his right, anyway, all right, well, fuck it, dude. let's get to the show, bro. Fuck it, anyway, man, yeah, we shout got out to Scott Fish, though. Shout out to Scott Fish for doing this great uh, tournament, by the way, too, man. He's, you know, this is raises a lot of money for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a great cause, bro. And I'm happy to be a part of it, man. Shout out to him. 
For Man. sure. But I do got big news though. We do got the uh the session takeover in the works, you know what I'm saying? That's coming up. It should be yes, out sir. probably you too. You too. Next next episode, we should be able to ready to drop that next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, but anyway, cool. man. We got a special episode today. Fantasy is in session, you know. What I mean, we got the sleepers, they are on the stand today. I was mm-hmm. having a little confusion on like like if they should be the defendants or the plaintiffs, so I wasn't really sure. You know what I mean? I guess it depends on if like they like them or if they, but I feel like they all like them. So yeah. they should all be like defendants. This this oh. a it's a fantasy courtroom. We can make it how we want. So they on yeah, trial. That's all right about it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they on trial. Right. Let me so, you don't know how much time. Quick. You don't know how much time I spent like making that. That's a damn. I don't know if they should be the plaintiffs or the defendants. I think. <laughs> Let me watch an episode of Judge but, Judy real quick so I can see um, which one fits their argument. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They can all be hits, man. You know. <laughs> Gotta shoot. Oh, see, this is why I need to get the, the sound effects. But anyway, yeah, man, let's get let's get let's get to why we here, man. We got our first first lawyer. So he they are lawyers, though. The people that you know what I'm saying that sliding through the session today. Shout out to all of them again. Um we got our first, my, my first lawyer bringing him to the stand. We got my boy Reese, aka at Pot Farmer on, um, I don't know about all social media sites, but definitely Twitter. Uh, shout out to you, bro. What's up with you? How you feeling? Hey, feeling good, feeling good. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, no problem, sure. man. man uh, welcome to the show, man. Nice to meet you. And yeah, so, just, just so everybody's clear, I don't know if you uh, mentioned this, but we we're talking about sleepers. So they're going to be, you know, trying to. Talk up their sleepers. Right. Redraft sleepers at their ADP. You dig? And also, also one more thing before we let them go. Like, this is – with this show, this is – sometimes this is our first time meeting people face-to-face. So, like, everybody is getting this live feed and everything uh, with a lot of people on here. So, yeah, I'm ready to rock. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Uh, settle sure. that uh, discussion you guys were having before I popped on. I feel like uh, – a defense attorney because I'm going to be making a case for my guy as a as a sleeper. So maybe they are defendants. All I right, there you go. There's there your answer. Go. That's right. the name of the episode. Maybe they are defendants. Who are, you to, who are you bringing to the stand today? Who are you bringing to the stand today, my boy? Uh, I didn't realize this before. But I didn't know you guys were from uh, Georgia. So this is a guy sure you guys that. probably know uh, pretty well. I've got a wide receiver from the Atlanta Falcons, Russell Gage. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, Russell Gage finished last season as the fantasy wide receiver number 37, which was good enough to be uh, number 82 overall. But right now he's being very, very disrespected in uh, drafts. He's uh, His ADP, according, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, is at 199 overall right now. Um, and he's being drafted as the wide receiver 67 which is 30 spots away from where he finished last season. So that's that's uh, unexplainable. It's, it's not good. Um, it, it, he's, he's a good candidate right now because uh, Julio Jones is out of the offense now. And uh, we've seen from Matt Ryan's past that the wide receiver, too, does uh, finish with a decent amount of targets. Uh, in the last five years, here are the numbers or the targets that his wide receiver, too, has received. In 2016, uh, 81 targets. Uh, the year after, 97, 94, 93. And then finally, Russell Gage uh, cracked a century mark with 110 targets. So uh, for the first time in five years, uh, Matt Ryan targeted a wide receiver number two more than 100 times. So uh, that speaks good things about Russell Gage and the connection that those two 
probably half together. Um, Russell Gage's snap count was pretty ass uh, in the beginning of the, of the season. Yeah. Weeks one through nine, he didn't see anything really over 60% uh, snap count wise. But uh, weeks 11 through 17, without Julio Jones, it boosted up to 88%. And um, three of four of his touchdowns actually came in those uh, last weeks without Julio Jones on the field. So you saw that when the opportunity was there, he was taking full advantage of it and showing a nice rapport, like I said, with uh, Matt Ryan, the quarterback. That paired with the uh, somewhat shaky defense that you guys have right now means that uh, they should be airing the ball out a lot. And I know people, most people, uh, their argument's going to be that he's not going to be the number two target there because you guys just drafted Kyle Pitts, who obviously mm-hmm. uh, a high-round guy. It's uh, going to demand a lot of targets, uh, supposedly. But history will show you. I'm, I'm not a firm believer of it. But I can't argue against history. And history says that rookie tight ends just don't produce how we think they're going to produce. And if that happens, like it's happened in the past many, many times before, then there's no reason that uh, the number two guy here in this offense shouldn't be Russell Gage. Uh, Los, how you feel about that? How you feel about that? I mean, I like it to an extent based on where he's going. I mean, he's he's going in the 14th round right now, according to uh, fantasy football calculator. So you're really not. Like if if he doesn't pan out, then it's it's not a big deal to your you can just drop him after the first week. But like to have somebody go that late that has the potential to get a hundred plus targets again is pretty pretty valuable to have. Um, my only concern with him is just that he saw the hundred targets last year and he really didn't do too much with them. He averaged um and had PPR eight point um like eight point seven or nine point some like nine points a game. So it seemed like his his ceiling is is just. It's not that high, and with and without Julio, they were like pretty much the same averages. It was eight point six with Julio and eight point nine without Julio. And then you add the fact that Kyle Pitts is in the picture now, and I mean, I know he is a rookie, but I mean, he we've also never seen a tight end get drafted that high. And I think we can all agree that he's probably one of the most talented rookies that we've seen come out, you know, since we've been watching the sport. So, I mean, I definitely think he's going to be getting a lot of targets, man. So, um. Like I said, though, I, I mean, I like the value that you can get on them, but uh, it, that is a couple of red flags I wanted to point out about them. Javar? Uh, <clears throat> I had some uh, – so looking up on Russell Gage, once Julio got traded, I was on, on the train, and then I, I came in pitched, but like he said, there are some vacated targets that are available, and Russell Gage has improved over the season, so like he said, from special teams – to just a rotational wide receiver to now going to be the wide receiver too. He averaged 11 points um, on 6.5 targets when Julio was out down the stretch. And he was a top 20 quarterback three of those four weeks and have PPR. Um, and where he's going at a, where he's going at his ADP, he will, he, he either, like you said, he's going to give back at his ADP or, or give more. And um, just at that stage, I like him as uh, you can get him on your bench as uh, the, the second or next guy to come in to play on on when somebody get injured or excuse me or uh, bye weeks. Uh, um, I'm buying it. You know, I I like Russell Gage as at his ADP. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. Some of the wide receivers going around Russell Gage. You got Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders. Denzel Mims, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Gabriel Daly, and 
Sammy Watkins, AJ Green. I wouldn't want any of the. I think I would want Russell Gage over all of those players. Only other person is uh, Denzel Mims because he might, you know, have a little. You, we still don't know what's going on in New York, so that's the only other person that I would consider. Uh, DL uh, Mims, maybe Slayton, you know, and but yeah, I could dig it. I don't want to that point. F- to yeah. that point, I will also say that uh, Russell Gage had six weeks with ten plus points, and uh, there are guys that are going in front of him like. Henry Ruggs, uh, Mike Williams, Shark, and Gallup, they all had less uh, than that. Uh, Ruggs only had two games with 10 or more points. Mike Williams only had five, Shark five, and Gallup only had four games of uh, plus 10 points. Uh, Circumstances, obviously, were different for Gallup and uh, Shark uh, because their quarterbacks were both – well, Gallup's quarterback was injured, and Shark didn't really have a guy you could call a quarterback. He was injured himself, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so you would take DJ Shark over Russell Gage, though? Uh, me personally, no. Uh, my oh, opinion yeah. on the uh, Jags wide receiver room is that uh, Levisca Chenault is the wide receiver to own there. So okay, okay. I, I like it as ADP, but uh, Shark did nothing with a quarterback that's not even starting right now. So Shark got some dog in him, and he's he's in line for almost 120 targets. You know, yeah. he's in line for he's definitely in line for 100 targets. Well, we guessing if Russell Gage is in line for 100 targets, so that's the only you know. Uh-huh. So you're not so you so you're not a believer that Travis Etienne is going to eat into the division no production. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Travis uh, in the backfield. I do believe, yeah, he's going to be uh, the pass catching guy there. Because a lot of word in the offseason was that he spent uh, most of minicamp with wide rec- or solely as a wide receiver, so that it's scary a little bit, but uh, not enough for me. I think Lavisco is uh, too dynamic, and they're gonna they're gonna use him like a Ayuk or Debo. Hmm. I can do. Final thoughts, Los. Uh, if you need a guy with a high floor, then Russell Gage is your guy. I think he'll be consistent in that like nine nine point range. So. Um, I just don't like the ceiling. Uh, I'm taking I I, I like Russell Gage um, in line for his target share and and on offense that's going to be should be pass heavy. Uh, At least to start the season, Gage should start off real strong until Pitts catches on and then Gage will lose some targets then. But that's my only word. He should start off on fire. Then towards the end, he will level off a little bit when Pitts. One thing also about Gage, I think nobody mentioned was at one point he was like leading the Falcons in end zone targets too. So he could, you know what I'm saying? Him and Matt Ryan do have a little bit of rapport down there in the end zone. So I, I like Russell Gage as a sleeper also, bro. Uh, and, so, man. And no stats, but just from watching a lot of Falcons game, Russell Gage dropped a lot of wide open football. So if he he uh, shores up his drops, that's even better. Is he, was this his second year? That was his third. third last year. He's coming up on his third year, right? Okay. New number. He he got drafted the same year Calvin really got drafted. So Andy done got better every year. So so he's kind of his fourth year then. I think Calvin really was his third yeah, year. No, yeah, this is this is his this is his fourth year. He's had three yeah. three seasons. Okay. Uh, this, okay. It just feels like three because the first year he only got like ten exactly. targets or some shit like that. Cool. Exactly. For sure, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you. Uh, I think we all in on Russell Gage, man. You don't got to convince us too much on the Falcon player. Yeah, preach uh, to the choir, for all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, man, let them know where they can find you at, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to find me. Uh, whatever you got going on. 
Yeah, you guys can find me on uh, all social media at Pot Farmer. Uh, I'm on a podcast of my own. It's at Hard Earned Yard. Uh, we just basically uh, talk sleepers, uh, uh, bust, uh, help you out, set your lineups throughout the season, all that. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. It was a great experience, and uh, you guys are awesome. For Thank sure. That. Hey, right, man. Nice you to meet you, man. For sure, right, man. Take care, y'all. Come back. Hell yeah. <laughs> I guess we're like... <laughs> Bad. <laughs> please. <laughs> all right, bro. All right, bro. All right, bro. All right, all right, man. Uh, that's hilarious. It's always gonna be some type that's of magic. Dave is a fool. Hey, man. All right, man. Let's let's keep the show rolling, man. We got our next guest. He already backstage, man. We got um. I just let him introduce himself. We got my man Vic, man. My man Vic, how you doing? What's going on with you? I'm good, man. What's up, fellas? Can you hear me? Okay. Mm. Yes, sir, sir man. Hey, Welcome to you, the show. Appreciate it. You know, you always got to check the audio before you jump in. So, yes, sir. Welcome to the session, my boy. How you feeling? I'm good, man. It's you know, it's the fourth weekend, so uh, thinking about these barbecues, man. I'm gonna be attending, and also I'm gonna be firing up the grill. But it's always good to you know drop some fantasy football in between that. So, yes, sir. Always good time for fantasy, bro. Absolutely. Hey, man, don't, don't put don't put don't put no pork on the grill, man. Do away with the pork, man. Let's do away with the pork. Yeah. Man, I'm eating bacon every day. I can't <laughs> stop, won't stop. I love it. Game is so random, bro. Do away with the pork, man. Do away with the pork. Anyway, man, welcome to the show, man. Let them know who you defending today. Hey, we're gonna talk about my guy Marvin Jones, man. So we're gonna go down to Duval, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, man. So, uh, look, pretty much, as you guys know, all the hypes around DJ Shark, you know, his uh, at least right now, his ranking and I'm going off fantasydata.com. It's currently, you know, being taken as the 29th ranked right receiver with an ADP of 73. So that's about the sixth round. Then, of course, all the hype is around the sophomore Visca Chenault. So his ranking right now is number 44 with an ADP of 110. So that's about the ninth round. And then you got my guy, Marvin Jones, who's ranked right now number 54 going into the season with an ADP of 140 going in about the 11th round. So just given that value there, I'm going with Marvin Jones just because all the hype is, again, is going to be around Shark and Visca. And then, of course, you got ETN is going to be catching passes. I have a feeling the Jaguars are going to be spreading that ball around. Um, so just given that, you know, I'm going to take the veteran at his ADP. Mm. So we had an episode previously where we talked about, uh, we had a whole argument about Marvin Jones because I believe in Marvin Jones as you do. Um, he yeah, already he showed us that he can fly. He believes he can fly. Maybe he already has showed us he can be a wide receiver fly. one when given the opportunity to be a wide receiver one with a quarterback <laughs> with an arm. He's going to an office with a quarterback with an arm. It's a whole bunch of I don't knows on that field, and we all know that you know Marvin Jones is reliable. You know, he doesn't get hurt. He's coming off of an injury-free season one. Um, and I, and I think he's going to be um, at least a, a solid wide receiver three for most of the year. He, he might give you some of that top wide receiver two upside on some of the games. How do you feel, Lowe's? I agree, man. Um, he's especially with this young quarterback that they got and Trevor Lawrence coming in. Like, and I think they might have that, you know, that connection because he's a vet, bro. Like, he's going to be the dependable target. And like you said, like he's he's shown that he can produce as a wide receiver one or two. So in his last 29 games, he's finished as a wide receiver one or two of 17. So he's been pretty consistent when given an opportunity. Um, you know, they have a bad defense, so it's going to be plenty of opportunities out there. 
And um, I, I mean, I honestly do believe that it's a nine zero percent chance that he is the leading target getter out there. Like if DJ Chark, you know, he had an injury fail year last year. I, you know, we'll see how he bounces back. But I'm not saying that he is going to be the number one. But I think that it's a very like it's, it is a possibility that he can be, and you're getting him as the 54th receiver off the board. So that's what you look for. That's what I look for when I'm late in drafts. I want guys that have the potential to you know take over a team and be that target leader. So. I think Marvin Jones fits that criteria. I like it. Javar? I'm more uh, on the other side of Marvin Jones. He's been doing that now as far as consistency goes the last past two seasons. For uh, for me, uh, he's more of a boom or bust wide receiver uh, uh, each other week, and he's best suited for best ball. So you, so you won't have to figure out when to start him or not. Um, he has oh. him slow. <laughs> a bit too much emphasis on that ball. Hey, yo, <laughs> ball. <laughs> he's been held below uh, fifty yards in more than half of his games in the past two years, and he's possibly, you know, we're hoping you guys are hoping he's going to be the first, second option. But from the news, he's possibly going to be the third option, and maybe, maybe his. And the only upside I see for him is. Uh, he may be the red zone guy to help out and come in and play a lot of red zone plays. So he may get some touchdown deodorant to help out a little bit. But I just feel like he's going to be uh, uh, too consistent, inconsistent. He's best for um, best ball. You, you got some guys that are going around him, Gabe? Uh, yeah. Well, Russell Gage, I will. Russell Gage, I think. Gage is going three rounds after him, though. That's See? crazy. I feel like they're the I same wide receiver. Russell Gage. So, and, you get uh, both. <laughs> I know. I just, I just, I just. Uh, there ever since like two years ago, Mar- Marvin Jones just kind of been off my radar. Ever since that year, he went off in the beginning, and then um, at the end, towards the end of the year, he slacked off. He hasn't really been the same after his injury. So I, I just, I'm just, I, I just think he's here to mentor these guys because all the wide receivers are young to help them go along. And you know, just <laughs> is this what I be talking about? Devontae be That's talking right. last year without Kenny Galladay. Uh, he saw that's without but you just said he ain't been the same. He's he on 114 targets and caught almost a thousand yards with nine touchdowns. Okay, okay, with, and this is what the guys, guys, we have guests here. Let's just keep nah, nah. Is he gonna be <laughs> number one? Talk. Is he gonna be number one in the Jaguars or he gonna be number two? You don't know that. Shark ain't gonna be hurt. Hey, check this out. Check this out. Marvin Jones coming off a wide wide receiver two season in Detroit. Keep in mind, you know, they brought over the 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 coach who stepped in when they fired uh Patricia. So he has uh, some, you know, a a, a, yeah, familiar piece there with a coach. So, you know, just given that situation, coming off 100 targets and and in Detroit for the five seasons he was there, three of those seasons he saw 100 targets, he was on pace the year before. Um, 400 targets because he got hurt so that shortened it so just given that man um, I just like the opportunity and we all see what Chris Paul is doing right we got a vet out there leading these young boys to the championship hey I'm, I'm going to take that same scenario Marvin Jones can help lead these young boys to your fantasy championship so there you go I don't know about I, was, I thought you was about to say championship yeah. all right <clears throat> all right yeah, yeah. about that just fantasy side and I already know I'm talking to some Georgia guys so you know you guys probably don't want to hear that with, with the Hawks <laughs> hey man Listen, man, they sabotaging us, man. As long as long until we do right by Michael Vick, bro, the city ain't gonna never be nothing, but that's what I feel. Michael Vick did it to himself, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lowe's, how you any, any final thoughts on I, Marvin Jones? I like it, man. 
No, I like it. Um, like I said, it's a great value you can get at that late that has a, a chance to be the target leader. Uh, and he's been because like I, I Javar says he's fell off the last couple of years, but like I said, he finishes a wide receiver one or two in 17 of 29 games. So that's not that's not bad for what you're getting that late in the draft. I mean, you gotta, last year where he was, you know, it kind of last year was misconstrued because he's not going to be the main guy, the only guy out there. You know that's capable. That's capable of running routes. We've not seen Shark is capable of holding his own. And Shark had one year as a as a elite year, player, and even when he and we, okay, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But he hasn't did it consistently enough to where it's just out of the question that he's. Going, I mean, I'm just, I'm not projecting Marvin Jones to lead him at targets. I'm just saying I'm leaving the door open. I'm allowing myself the possibility that I could be wrong, so I'm drafting Marvin. I, I like Marvin Jones that late. That's so so, so if you feel this way about Shark, you got to feel this way about Sutton too. Because both going way Sutton's going way earlier than Marvin Jones, though. I, I, I will be in the, I thought Shark and Sutton was like I did a draft that was like close to each other. I'm so, talking I mean, about uh I think you're talking about Sutton and uh Marvin Jones. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but, Sutton, I think Sutton is I'm in the crowd, I think Sutton is might be going a little too high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I that's top. No, no, but as far as Marvin Jones, you know, uh I feel like to be in order to be the best fantasy player, you got to be open minded. When some people, are, uh, you know, just keep yelling somebody's name, so I'm gonna do my, a little bit of my own research and deep down inside and see if Marvin Jones need to be on my radar. Because as somebody who wants to win, I do not want to miss out on the value. And somebody that is cheap, I need all my value. So I'm I, I'm still not on it, but I'm gonna check it out and see if uh, I have a change of heart. Javar gonna miss the plane. Don't don't worry about it. Anyway, bro, tell it, tell it. Appreciate you for coming through, bro. I'm on, I'm on it. Close on it. Javar gonna be asleep, but it's all good, though, bro. Let them know where they can find you at, man. We appreciate you, bro. How you? You know what I'm saying? Let them know what you got going on. Yeah, man. Appreciate that, man. So you guys can catch me uh, with the Dynasty Bros. I'm one third. So shout out to DJ Avo, my guy, Dynasty Bro Dot. Um, we record Tuesdays at 7:30 Eastern, and we drop episodes weekly. So we'll be back at it on the 13th. So we're just taking a little break right now. But uh, yeah, man, sure, we, man, we've been at this thing for a couple of years. So having some fun with it for sure. For sure, man. Sir. Hey, if y'all want to ever get on some Warzone and get clapped up over here by these fantasy intercession guys, just let us know we over here. Oh, man, we're trying to set up a local match. Like, hey, so, we outside. So. Let's hey, go. We outside. We are going to follow up on that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, on that inbox for real. I got All you. All right, bro. Appreciate you, man. No doubt. Y'all be easy. Peace. For sure. Me too, bro. That's funny. Call of Duty going to be one of the games. It brought the whole world together. <laughs> <laughs> and I suck at Call of Duty, too. That's a funny and thing. And also, I also hate, also hate that game, too. Though. It's, it's crazy. It's, you can, right. it's never loved and hated something so much. Also, I, I, I used to be. I'm friends with people that I probably wouldn't even be friends with if it went for Call of Duty. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Um, we got the next my guy, um, the hustler, the fantasy football hustler, four twenty. I don't know if he wanted me to say that part, but he in the place to be, bro. He got the dope background, my man, with the plan, the shades on. Oh, you looking icy right now, my boy. You in the place to be? What's good, bro? Yeah, you already know what's going down, everybody. What's going on with you, brother? How you got going on? 
Uh, doing good, man. Getting ready for this court session. You know, if we got to come professional, I can just flip the shades up. Real right. <laughs> I don't know. You got a you got a spicy one on, on the docket today, so it might get a little. It might have to flip them up, man. Right, Let them know who you bring. All right, you got everything planned. All right, I got it. I got it ready for it. <laughs> let them know, let them know who, you, who you're defending today. So I'm defending Baker Mayfield. I know in some one QB leagues, you guys not might not care about him. But Superflex, that's becoming the normal. And he's going – I mean, I've been seeing him go way past QB 15, and I just feel like he's going to be someone who might be sneaky, hop into the top 12 or at least make it close. It's the first year – ever that he's had the same coaching regime, you know, roll over from year one to year two. And I think that's going to make a huge difference this year for him. Um, Go ahead, Los, you can start it off. That's a great point about him having to uh, continue, uh, you know, that uh, offensive coordinator for two years in a row. Like that is a great point for him because I've, I, when he came into the league, I wasn't a, as, I was a huge fan, but like over the past couple of years, I kind of like fell off, but, that is a great point. I will say that. Um, me personally, it's just I, I'm not a big fan of them, man. Uh, the main reason is because of their great defense. They have a great defense, so they're not going to need to come back in a lot of games. Uh, add to the fact that they have um, a great Russian duo. They have possibly the best Russian duo behind Baker Mayfield. So we know what they want to do. Um I just think that limits his ceiling. That's gonna make him. That's gonna make him need to like have one of the most efficient years for him to enter that top ten. Maybe as a QB two in Superflex. Um, and then the kicker for me is he really doesn't have a rushing floor. When you look at the top ten, um, seven of them were top, also top ten in rush attempts from a quarterback position. So you really, I feel like you really need that these days. Is that rushing floor for a quarterback? Um, and I just don't think he's gonna really need to do that with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. So. Not I'm not in on a uh, Baker. Uh, I like uh, what's going Baker. on, little mama. All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, he's like, hey, let me shine real quick. <laughs> but uh, uh, when it uh, when it comes to Baker, I feel like um, Baker. Uh, last year we see him become more of a a, a real life quarterback and. Uh, for real life purposes, as a, a real fan of Cleveland, I would like to see it. But as far as fantasy, um, in 31% of his games, he finished five of those 16s around quarterback 18 or worse. Um, um, and then uh, only scored tw- uh, plus 20 points in four games. He attempted 33 or more or more passes only four games, which hurts his upsides. And super flex, he's been drafting around quarterback 18. Uh, I think he'll, he'll finish around there, give or take. And uh, just because it's rushing floor too, and um, and if Justin Fields and guys like that are starting, it, it kind of pushes him back uh, uh, just a little further. But uh, as far as we see with the football team, they they just want to run the ball and get up and play some good defense, and it just doesn't bode well for fantasy. And uh, just uh, around that pick, uh, I think it's just a couple guys I'll probably go with a little upside, like Matthew Stafford. Definitely, <clears throat> um, I, I like. Um... What what Lowe said about Baker Mayfield, he's gonna have to have a very efficient year. If we look over the last couple of games he had, uh, was that week 12, 13, 14, 15, where he only threw one interception through those weeks, but he at the same time he had 10 touchdowns in what's that three weeks, four weeks, you know what I'm saying? So he has the capability and he had 300 yards 
two out of those three weeks, he missed 300 yards about three times the last time. So I feel like he has the capability to do that. You know, say so he won a lot of fantasy football playoff games. I feel like last mm-hmm. year you had Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield around that time, like you were pretty ecstatic if you didn't drop him. Um, so I I see a, so I can see a world where Baker Mayfield is, you know what I'm saying, mentionable. It's a lot of quarterbacks out there this year, man. And I just don't know if it's gonna be if he's gonna be able to be, you know, efficient enough with that great defense that they got, like everybody keeps mentioning. So what what say you to that hustler? Well, here's the clap back. So just like my man <laughs> said, he, he's going at about eight, QB 18. You know, that's what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about a bottom half QB. He's going very late. Matt Stafford, he's going way before that. QB 12, QB 13. So, you know, we're talking about a different different level there. And even yeah. Justin Fields uh, was mentioned. They got one of the best defenses in the league. You know, so that, that can't really be held against him that much. We've seen it in short spurts, and it's always been the second half of the season. But why? Because he's always learning a new system the first half of the season, finally gets into a little bit of groove, you know, uh, towards the second half of the season. Usually there's been a coaching change that's happened, you know, right there. So this is the first year where he's not the first half of the season. He's not going to have the learning curve of learning a brand, brand new system. This is the first year out of every year that he's got the same system going going from year one to year two. They got all the same weapons. I mean, we'll see if OBJ leaves. It seems like he didn't even need to play, you know, to make a difference in Baker's production. So we talk about just OBJ. If they get on the same page at all and him coming back, in his heyday, he was one of the best. Right now, you know, not so much. But if he gets it together being healthy, I don't know how Baker with that offense from last year to this year isn't going to improve a little bit. That's a, that's a great fact, man. I feel like I'm I'm an OBJ trooper, maybe because I have a little bit of stock in him, and I'm just tired of <laughs> having his dead weight on my team. But at the same time, man, I feel like OBJ was like at one point we were talking about OBJ as if he was a generational talent. Like, oh my god, like Hall OBJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, he was in the same breath with Antonio Brown, etc. Around their heyday. So I feel like. He gets a lot of disrespect to be so dominant, and I feel like if he comes back healthy, him and Jarvis Landry, I mean, Baker could be – he'll be reaching those 300 yards a game. And we also got to mention that it's one more game in the year. So, you know what I'm saying, a lot of those defenses are going to get tired throughout the year, one more game. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I could see top 15. I won't give you top 12. I'll give you top 15. That's what I was top, top 12 is a stretch. I, I think that he could get close to that. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to be a top-end – QB2, I mean, with a little bit of a chance to break into the top 12. It's going to be hard. There's a lot of good uh, quarterbacks in the top 12, but we've seen injuries happen before. We've seen guys go down that are preseason supposed to be there and don't end up being there for whatever reason. Yeah, I I can see a world, man. Yeah, uh, if you're talking low, she might mute it. But uh, it's just mm-hmm. I, I, I like Baker as a, as a competent quarterback, too. I just feel like he's right there at that, like where Jared Goff was, with people on the fence with him, and I, and maybe because I got burnt by Jared Goff, I was on the fence, like, oh, he's in a good offense with a coordinator and all this, he's gonna do well, and he just wasn't a good quarterback. Maybe Baker's better than that. Baker should be better than that. I just feel like, I just feel like the offense is gonna hold him back. He's not. He's yeah. he, he's not throwing over twenty eight balls a game. He's he's limited, and he's not rushing. Yeah. And that's so and that's not, what it comes out to me. It's not really his. It's not his talent or anybody's talent out there. Even with OBJ, like I feel like opportunities. Like Ste- Stefan Diggs needed to get 
traded to Buffalo to get Matt, you know, hyper targeted to actually become the stud that he really is. Like you need volume, bro. Like even if you're really good, you can be the best route runner, best catches ever, bro. If you're not getting the volume to, you know, to shine, bro, you're not gonna like be that stud that you know these other guys like Devontae Adams and Diggs are. So as long as they stay like in the middle of the pack and pass attempts. And the fact that he doesn't rush is just going to be hard. But like you said, top 15, maybe uh, he's more like a back end middling QB2 for me. Now, now if you heard they, if you heard something they said, they about to open up the playbook a little bit more and let Baker pass a little bit more, I'd be on the train because he do got some valuable weapons out there, a tight end, wide receiver, the whole uh, whole nine. So, so yeah. Right. Watch that play action game going because they do got one of the best running games in the league. Like all they gotta yes, do is get sir. the play action going a little and, bit. And that's and that he will have to be a Ryan Tannehill. He'll have to be that efficient. All right, we're talking so, about Ryan Tannehill being potentially top five, you know, this year. I'll take a poor man's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. My, my final question to everybody, start with you, Lowe's. Would you take in the Superflex League? Would you be comfortable with Baker Mayfield being your quarterback number two? Like if that's that's who you came out of the draft with, you know what I'm saying? You might came out of the draft I with let's it. say your quarterback three was Daniel Jones or something like that. But Baker Mayfield yeah. every your every week starter going into the season. Would you be happy? I, I personally wouldn't be just because it would depend on him being super efficient and I need some clarity. So I need I need to have him as a QB three first and then I can move on to that QB two. So I wouldn't be comfortable with him as a QB Personally, two. when I look at quarterbacks, I I I just try to get more Upside, then I draft a little earlier with quarterbacks. So with that question, me, I probably won't have Baker as my quarterback too. Um, I have more uh, draft a little early, have a Burrow or a Hurts, and lose out at running back or wide receiver somewhere. But uh, if if you're a guy you be, uh, like hustling, you believe in Baker, you know you can get that top wide receiver running back there and, and wait for Baker later. And uh, I can see a scenario where I'm fine with Baker as my quarterback too. It have to be a scenario. But uh, this J- Javar be going so wild. He just said no and yes in the Let me be the man. Don't worry about me, man. That shit was Damn. so crazy. Bro. I am not on trial. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> he literally said yes and no. All right, <laughs> bro, you gotta you gotta cut Javar off because he you know, he will keep going, boy. Like, really, like why don't you to the what is your yes, answer? Bro? Hey, hey, don't give him that idea, Los. He, he does work. I'm telling you, that's why, man. It's a convincing argument. That, that's all I like. It. It. It's a convincing <laughs> argument. Hustler, would you would you accept it? Would you accept Baker Mayfield as your quarterback too, coming into a, a, this redraft I, season? If that's I what would, you came out of the draft with, I would. But I'm really trying to make him my QB three because, mm-hmm. like my man said, he's going at QB 18. So if I could get two QBs in the top 15, you know, plus have him as my third QB, I think I'm going to be sitting real pretty in the Superflex League. A nice trade, sure. bait too. If he, if he does do what you say he's going to do, that would be excellent trade, bait. It's going to be hard for me to trade a quarterback in Superflex, I'm not going to lie. But it, yeah. you're going to, but at that point, if he's doing like that playoff run like he did last year, you know what I'm saying, you get a pretty penny for him. But anyway, man, we appreciate you for coming through, man. Let them know where we can, they can find you at. Of course, we see the fantasyfootballhustler.com and your in your backdrop. So mm. you know what I'm saying? We'll make sure we put that in the in the bio and all that good jazz, man. Yep. Good looking for having me on here. So yeah, fantasy football hustler on uh, YouTube, every podcast out there on social media, it's at FF Hustler420 or at FF Hustler. 
Uh, yeah, we're going to bring, bring in a bunch of heat this year. Last year, my claim to fame was doing all the question and answer sessions. It started off week one, me doing like one 40-minute session. And then by week 16, I was doing like four three-hour sessions every single week. So a lot of that's going to be coming, a lot of giving back to the community and just putting uh, putting time back into everything. So anyone wants to get into a dope community, patreon.com slash ffhustler420. It's, it's my version of the footballers foot clan. And I'm just engaged a lot more with the community than they are. That's dope, bro. We appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh, make sure you join the, uh, the fancy takeover, to whatever, we, you know what I'm saying? I'm high. I'm sorry, bro. What's the, what's the thing called? The session takeover tournament, bro. My bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. at Los. I hate, but it's like when you say when you mess up, it's like you'd be disappointed, Los. Like, look at that face. He got the whole years, bro. two years, bro. I don't want to hear those excuses no more, bro. All right, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Like, I'm in. But nice, nice to I'm meet in. you, bro. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, we'll we'll see about Baker this year, bro. Yep, we'll for see sure. about Baker. You heard it first. Remove. Peace. Oh man, look how they be doing me in front of company. All right, man, we got our <laughs> next. <laughs> look at your. All right, man, we got to keep going. <laughs> we got our hey, hey, speaking of that, my mom used to always be like, God damn, you don't know how to act. Every time you have company, you act out. Yeah, like you don't know how to have no company. In my mind, I'm like, you acting out. You acting like, I don't know how to <laughs> But you know, I can say that. But Never exactly, say that this shit, though. Is, this is what I do. This is what I do every Never. episode. I'm I'm the actor. I'm the one acting normal. Y'all the one acting weird. <laughs> anyway, man. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get to our let's get to our next man. We got my man Ryan, uh, aka Tagless Haynes. I like that name. Uh, what's going on with you, my boy? How you living? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. Thanks what's for coming, good, sir. Through. Welcome to the session, man. Gunshots hey, to my boy Ryan. <laughs> hey, listen. I know I have an upward hill to uh, to climb here. You guys were kind of. Bagging on my guy in your AFC South uh, breakdown last episode, uh, so we'll see what you have to say. I, I I feel like okay, but first of all, let's introduce who it is first. First of right, all, right. maybe you changed my mind. Go, go ahead, go ahead, bring him to the stand. Go ahead, bring him to the stand. All right, so I got Paris Campbell, and I know mm. this guy's been he's been on a couple uh, for the last couple of years. He's been on everybody's radar a little bit, and I know what you're gonna say. Like the guy has had injury problems. Like crazy, like he's hurt every everything in his body. He is hurt. He's broken his foot, his hand, uh, ACL issue, MCL issue. Like I, I get it, I get it. But listen, small sample size. The guy's had uh, four starts. In those four starts, he's led the team in targets twice. He's been second in targets once. Uh, last year, when he was on the field with, with T.Y. Hilton, uh, when he was on the field with Michael Pittman, really his two most uh, competitors for targets this season, he led the team in targets. He got 20% of them. He had nine targets, six catches, 71 yards. He's explosive. He gets separation quickly. Um, he ran a 4-3-40. Like, this guy, is, this guy is talented, man. I'm telling you. And his route running's good. His hands are good. Like, all of his intangibles are there. He just needs an opportunity. He needs to stay healthy. And I, I don't see why he can't lead the team in targets this year. What do you guys think? My first question, do you happen to be a Colts fan? I'm not a Colts fan. My second question: Do you happen to have a lot of Paris Campbell on your fantasy team? <laughs> <laughs> he 
Yeah, I do I'm have him in one of my dynasty <laughs> leagues. I do, and I would like to play him eventually. I just want to play the guy. Camped on my bench. Know. He's camped. That's the worst feeling. Like you know, you don't want to drop him because it's like, bro, if I drop him and this is he finally goes off, I'm gonna be sick. But like nobody wants him, so you can't even like put him in any trades. It's like like it's like adding a third round pick to your trade. So it's like it's crazy. But anyway, man, Los, how you feel about Paris Campbell? Like he said, man, it's just it's nothing much you can say at this point because of his injury history. Um, I will say that the GM is still behind him. It was a report coming that just came out mm-hmm. that said they still have full confidence in him, and they just need pretty much just need him to be healthy. And he's you know he's gonna have a spot on that team. Um, another pro is like like I said previously last year he started off pretty hot. He was very involved in the offense. He saw nine targets in week one, and then he only played like two snaps the next week. So that's all we saw. The only thing is that's just a, it's a very small sample size. But, I mean, this, these are sleepers we're talking about. So you're going to be able to get them for basically free. And, you know, if they if they go off that first couple weeks, you, great. You got free money. If not, then you could drop them, like, and it's not mm-hmm. going to hurt your team. So I think he he has that upside, man. Like you either want you either want floor or ceiling. So if you're looking for a ceiling, Paris Campbell is that guy, man. Like you said, he has he his measurables is off the charts. Like he runs he runs a a good four forty, mm-hmm. um, and he was hyper targeted last year. So I'm 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 not against it at all. I'm not against it. I like it. Uh, so you know, uh, Maybe I was down on Paris count, but at its ADP and just uh, looking up some notes, it's it's it's, it's looking good. Carson Wentz targeted a slot a lot when he was under uh, Frank, and now he's back with him. In 2016, he threw 117 targets to the slot, and they caught the ball 73 times, 800 yards, and three touchdowns. That was Jordan Matthews in 2017. Nelson Aguilar had 95 targets for 62 catches, uh, 768 yards and eight touchdowns. And we're moving on to here with Paris Campbell. Like we mentioned, he said he ran a 4.3 in the 40. This is it's, it's gold, and you can practically get him free and pick him up off of waivers, and he has the opportunity to be uh, a good guy to get a lot of targets. We don't know if there's going to be a good tight end in town or not. I'm hearing some good things on the rookie, though. But we don't know if it's going to be a, a good thing it's about tight end. I don't know if Ty Ty Hill going to come back <coughs> to himself. So uh, I like it as a dart throw. It's late. Anything that's free and that can and that can come some value to you in the in redraft or dynasty. I love it. So uh, yeah, man. Um, you basically put him on the map for me. This is uh, after going through one of uh, the notes on the sleeper guys. This is one of the guys that I was not looking at. But he may be one of the guys that uh, I pick up. I was more looking at it like Cespedes, uh, as the dude from Detroit, picking him up late because he could lead team targets. We don't know, but uh, I may look at some Paris Campbell shares now. Well, here's, I'm here's not even sure p- you said that name right, but I'm gonna let you slide. Cespedes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's the first name? Quint- uh, look, I'm not mispronouncing any. You can tell. You can tell he thought about it. I was like shit. I just shouldn't even say right, this right. shit. He tried to say it real right. fast. <laughs> I'm a substitute teacher. No, nah, we heard that shit. When it comes to pronouncing names, I'm a substitute teacher, bro. I'm going to get it wrong, bro. Oh, but that's hilarious. Well, I think, um, <laughs> I think, um, I think that Paris Campbell, like you said, he has all the requirements to be uh, explosive. What was he drafted? First round or second round? Second. I want to say second. The second. It was hot in the mm-hmm. second, though, right? It wasn't too bad. 
But I feel like so the draft stock is there, and and he basically is getting paid pennies right now. So that's why the coaching staff, quote unquote, trucks him. I mean, trusts him. He got that. Uh, he went to Ohio State, so he got that Ohio State pedigree, too. Yeah, I feel like man, Michael Pittman is who I who I would want in that offense, though. But, I, mean, I, feel, I feel like we, see, huh? You got to pay for that. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's just what is T.Y. Hilton going to do? And I and we like we talked about in the episode. I feel like that's going to be more of a, a run dominant offense too. And uh, I, with Jason, um, with Jonathan Taylor expected to take the next step, I just feel like it's going to be very hard for Paris Campbell unless he just is like a monster out there like people are saying that he is or people expect him to be or what his potential is. I don't know. But like you said, if you get him for free, you get him for free. You know what I mean? What you gonna, okay, okay. That is a great point. Just to expound on that T.Y. Hilton point. Like we, we saw T.Y. Hilton not be T.Y. Hilton for like 13 of the 16 games last year. So mm-hmm. it's another year older for him. It's very possible he could have that A.J. Green type year where he's just not effective anymore, bro. And Paris Campbell has that kind of same skill set. T.Y. Hilton played mostly X, I want to say. Um, and Paris Campbell is in the slot mostly. But he does have the speed like T.Y. Hilton, and he can possibly take over that role if T.Y. Hilton takes another step back this year. So I- I'm in on it, man. I'm in on it for free. I'm in on it. I don't know. Like, I don't even think he has yeah. an ADP right now, does he? 60th wide receiver off the board last time I checked mm-hmm. at uh 1305. Okay. Who's going around him? I don't think, uh, not looking at that now. I just I had wrote it down on my notes. I got on. a couple names here uh, Ebron, Mims, Paraman, Darnold, Troutman. This is all from Fantasy Pros. Very Maybe Mims, mm-hmm. but I mean, Mims has been getting kind of a lot of, you know, some bad reports out of camp too. And mm-hmm. a lot of camp reports are fluff, except the negative ones. Like nobody's going to intentionally put out a negative report about a player. So yeah, I could definitely see that taking him over Mims. That'd be the only guy I would consider though. Something <laughs> definitely to look at in preseason to see what's going on. If we have one. The thing about these camps though, is like, it's mini camp. It's not even training camp. They don't even have pads mm-hmm. on. So it's like, I don't understand why people put so much stock into these. Like, I, you know I mean, like I mean, they're basically drive running through routes out there. You know what I'm saying? They're not even I mean, like. But so it, that's why it's even worse if you get a negative oh, report come out. Right. That about to say you can see some qualities when it comes to receiving. You know what I'm saying? You can see somebody running routes and how they breaking the fool in a cornerback. So you can see if they got some juice or not. But yeah, I'm not going all the way in because they could be going up against the third. Like a rookie could be going up against the third team corner. He ain't going up against the first team corner. Things like that. So yeah, once we get in the preseason and out of and I and I got three or four beat writers writing the same thing, then I'm in on it. <laughs> so round the table, Los, would you or would you not take um Paris Campbell at the ADP that he's currently going at? 1305. Easily. Easily. So what is that? What is that? 12, 24, 36, 48. That's wide receiver five. I think. So I think the better question is, would you take him as a wide receiver four? Would you be comfortable with him as a wide receiver four? Because you want them to break into that next tier, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if he was a five last year or if you're if he's perceived as a five, do you think he could take so, that leap to the four? And I think it is a possibility. I think T.Y. So Hillman would need that to be more ineffective, I, but I think I, it's a possibility. Right. So one last question. Let me get one last question in. So out of these four wide receivers, who would you want to take? He married, yeah, whatever. Who would you want to take? Dar- Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore. Did I say his name wrong? No, I said it right. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney. Right? Yeah. 
Donnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Harris Campbell, or McCole Harmon. They all going around the same space. Oh, I'm I agree. I would take Mooney over him, but that's the only one. It'll be Mooney, uh, Paris Campbell. Who was the other name besides not Michael Hartman? Who was the other one? Elijah Moore. Ooh, it, come, come around that Elijah time. Moore and then Miko. Around on. that. I, I, I kind of like. I think a lot. You know, he he can. They they high on him in the Jets, and come around mm-hmm. August. If if this if a lot of noise on his name, I might take Elijah. He he got some draft capital and hey. But yeah, I was just thinking that too. I might like him over Paris Paris Campbell just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you I don't know what both of redraft. Them. New hot toy. You know, the, you know just new hot toy. Yeah. But you said no. Look at his face. He says no. Look at he his came face. over here and spent some facts, right? I mean, I mean, listen, guys. This is my last point. All right, and then and then we can we can move on. But the guy had a ninety percent catch rate in college. He's had a seventy five percent catch rate in the pros. And you have a quarterback that targets the slot often. I mean, if you have a reliable slot option, that's not going to drop passes and that you can go to, and he's going to get open. He's going to get open quickly. Yeah, I think wide receiver four for sure for this guy. Yep. You you selling it for sure now. Right. <laughs> if anything go wrong, Paracam, I don't care if he get hurt. I'm in your inbox. Uh, he's getting hurt like second snap. Why the you jab <laughs> right, right. I'm in your inbox. <laughs> but I'm like, he, he on my radar now, man. I'm going to have to pay I'm going to have to go look at some Marvin Jones, Paris Campbell, see what's up with these guys now. When does when does camp start for these guys? Like it's like two weeks away, right? We're two weeks away, something like that. This is the last that was the last month, but this is the last month without football. Yeah, it's usually like what, like last week of July, or first week of August. No, I can't, yeah, camp? something like that. Don't get me the line. Preseason, right? Don't get me the line. Just know um, it's coming up. That's all you need to know. <laughs> it's soon, yeah, it's soon. <laughs> anyway, man, Ron, let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, sure. Check us out. Just the tip of Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Apple, just about every resource there. Um, you can follow us at, at just the tip FFP. I got it up here on the on the old jersey. Follow me personally at Tackless Haynes. Follow my boys at, at dispat underscore bitch 70. It's the worst Twitter <laughs> handle ever. At M- MJ Regan so 82. Like, <laughs> he said emphasis on the bitch. It just caught me. I was like, la, la, la. Somebody said that. I really Listen, need my, to change that. You see my boy shitting on me? I saw that little Twitter <laughs> thing come up. Mid-broadcast shitting on me. All right, guys. Hey, really appreciate it. July 27th it. is when, when Kev starts. Shout out to Just the Tip. What, why are, that's a hilarious name. I love nice it. to meet you, bro. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for stopping by, man. Putting us on game, bro. I think you make sure you come through. Campos, he's going to be on a lot more people's radars now. Yeah. Oh, you should make sure you and your homeboys come through the tournament too, man. Get y'all a spot like y'all. Session live. takeover time. Awesome, yes, guys. Sir. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you, Peace. bro. Have a good one. Every time we just come back to this screen, it like just zooms all in on Carlos' face. Real. I know, right? It was perfect. I'll be having to like readjust every time you got down. Post so conscious of the screen. Hey man, um, so we got our final, we got our final lawyer coming up, man. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite guys right now, man. Put me on a lot of game. Uh shout out to my boy Will from the real fantasy god.
podcast. What's Yo, going on with you, brother? What's good, bro? What's up, boys? How we doing? How we doing? Excited to be here. Excited to, to yes, prove sir. my case. Yes, yes, sir. sir. We, we glad again, to have man. you. On Thanks show, for joining man. the session, bro. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've I've been in court a couple times before. Hopefully, this goes a little bit better than those. You know what I mean? I'm hoping that I can I can drop some knowledge instead of getting shot. I, promise, I promise you, you won't have to pay any fines or anything like that. You guys are lucky. I had a whole tacky brown suit and everything laid out, and I messaged in. I was like, "Can I wear Bro. my suit?" And nobody really picked up on it. I thought I said, some I other told Jabbar. Say, yeah. I told Javar. I told Javar. I told Javar. I wanted to wear like the little um the white robe, like the white um you know what I'm saying, like the old yeah. school joint. The right, white right. Maybe get your high they all looked at me like I was crazy. On if you have it. No, exactly. Let's be, they looked at me like I was crazy. You said you didn't say nothing by no road. You said I want the white wig, and I was like, my boy, I ain't, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going. <laughs> I'm not looking hey, I'm, like I'm, I'm it on, man. I'm not looking like I'm selling oatmeal or grits out here, my boy. All right. The next, hey, the episode, the next fantasy in session, bro. I'm going, I'm going white wig, black robe, the whole joint. Okay, that's it. That's, say. that's how you I'm should, man. You should. I'd love it. I, I dig it. I was on Rum Boys. I wore a Bengals robe because I've got this Bengals robe. I wore it. I thought it was a hit. You know, I think it might become part of my brand here soon. It was a bang. I definitely have the the Falcon the Falcon robes comes out during the season for sure. There you what, go. What, unfortunately, with a little chest hair, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. Oh man, they be getting mad when I pop with no shirt. They don't want to see the poppy. Right, bro. This ain't, this ain't nobody. <laughs> this is not a Bobby Brown concert, bro. Boy, stupid, bro. <laughs> I wish I was confident enough to have my chest hair out. I'm just not there right. yet. I'm definitely not on I'm live outside. stream. Either. I'm outside, Will. Casey I'm and outside. JoJo looking like, bro. I'm outside, Will. That's all I got to say. But anyway, man, let them know who you who you bring into the stand today. Yeah, definitely. So today I am defending Chase Edmonds. I'm excited yeah. to do so as well because it's somebody I had on my team last year who won me a few games, and it's somebody I think can win whoever's going to draft him, especially in the late rounds he's going in. I think that they could, you know, use that high upside to, to win their league this year. So I'm excited. I feel like ever since you told me that that was going to be your sleeper, like I did a lot of, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, Scott Fishbowl mocks, and I've been trying to get a lot of Chase Edmonds because I'm like, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. So I'm ready to hear, like, what's your argument on him right now? Definitely, for sure, for sure. So do you guys want me to just dive in and go? Yeah, man, it's go your world. It, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so the, the, the main reason I like Chase Edmonds, and it's simple, he's a reception machine. He had mm-hmm. the seventh most se- whoa, seventh most receptions of all running backs last year, and that's behind Kenyon Drake. Um, Kenyon Drake had 25 receptions alone, so if he can get half of that to stack on top of that, he's looking at you know top three reception poten- potential, and we all know they're going to be throwing the ball in Arizona. Um. Another reason I like him is because it's going to be the biggest workload he's ever seen. You know, being drafted in 2018, he's had two years, you know, or a few years, I guess, of of being the backup. So I'm excited to see him sort of take that lead role. And let's be honest, I mean, James Conner might take some goal line carries, but the way that Chase Edmonds operates, I think that he's going to be that main reception hog in the red zone as well. I mean, he had, I think, 12 receptions. That's like five less than than DeAndre Hopkins did on the Arizona Cardinals last year. So that's something you really want to want to watch for when they when they get down there Arizona gets in the red zone quite often you know what I mean um fortunately they have a good kicker that that can hit it home for them when they don't score and whatnot but um so I think that the absence of Kenyon Drake and I think bringing in James Conner here I think that that's going to be a huge sort of boost for um for Chase Edmonds I know a lot of people initially were sort of worried about that but the way I look at it is James Conner's never played a full season since he's been drafted he's not going to play a full season this year whether it's starting games or injury or whatnot there's a longer season this year um and the potential for um chase edmonds whether it's reception or even 
you know, with his four, I think it was like 4.6 or 4.2 uh, yards per carry last year when he did run the ball. I mean, he produces when he gets touches. So I think those touches are going to be there this year. The opportunity is huge. I, I won't lie. I do think James Conner will take some of the red zone runs away from him, but Chase Edmonds was never that guy. You know, they always had Kenyon Drake or, or somebody there to sort of knock it home when they're on the one. But like I said, Chase Edmonds on the outside in the red zone, he can be real dangerous. I was just – well, you, you, you took one of my arguments because I was going to say in the red zone, do you fear that James Conner is going – and not just James Conner, but he also has Kyler Murray who's also, you know, running quarterbacks. He's going to take a lot of those end zone um, rushes too. So do you feel like that could be a cap on his ceiling, just the lack of touchdowns he he's, he could potentially see? And they added A.J. Green, which I, I know we all think A.J. Green is a shell of itself, but it's a lot of pa- pass-catching options now in um, Arizona and with Christian Kirk hopefully stepping up to the field. Is, is Larry Fitz, did he get signed? Did he retire? I, I, I don't know if he officially retired. He didn't officially retire. <coughs> mm. Yeah, so I, well, I if he did, there's a lot of people out there to catch the ball. So that's, that's that would be my, my argument for Chase Evans. And, and I can I can definitely agree with that. I, like I said, I think James Conner will take those you know carries in, in, inside the three. I don't think if they're I think if they're outside the three yard line, and I know that's a weird number. I think Chase Edmonds will still be in there. I think that the way that the offense is or not the offense, the NFL alone has worked is in the red zone. The outside's key. I mean, you can try to rush it in the in the you know, between the guards, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work as well as it used to. I do think Kyler Murray, however, is more scary than James Conner. I know that Mm -hmm. looking back with Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott has kind of tainted his red zone opportunities, whether it's Mm -hmm. within the 15 or, or in the five. I mean, Dak Prescott's their, their kind of running back. I just don't think, I know Kyler Murray, like I said, has that potential for the outside. Again, I just don't think that inside the five yard line, Kyler Murray's going to be running it necessarily is, much as I, I think they did last year, you had talked about that addition of A.J. Green maybe being a shell of himself. And where I think that's going to come from, I think that he's going to help spread the, the field. And I do think he's going to be better than people think. I think he kind of had a rest year last mm. year. But I don't think he's going to be a red zone a red zone guy whatsoever. You know, he might be a distraction. He's old, though. I've watched in the last couple of years being a Cincinnati fan. He has not been able to get up there, especially on the younger cornerbacks who are a little bit more aggressive. It's just not, it's just not there for A.J. So... In the red zone, I think that that's where you're going to see Chase Edmonds honestly shine. If you have any kind of best ball league and you can get Chase Edmonds, I'd highly recommend it because the upside's there and he's going to have some huge boom games. All right, Los, how do you feel about Chase Edmonds? I would like him more, man, but it seems like the hype has gotten a bit out of control for him. Like you had to spend a late fifth round pick on him. So he's going to get ahead of guys like Mike Davis, Travis Etienne. I just think have a better chance to lead their team and be that that workhorse. Um, Edmonds, pros wise, he definitely is going to have that receiving floor. Um, he was you mentioned he was seven receptions. He was also six in targets, so he is going to be like one of the, the highest targeted running backs again this year. Um, but I just don't think that unless Connor and I know he has a, a injury history, but we don't know that he's going to be injured. Like they might just split the workload enough to where he. You know, he won't get injured. We just don't can't predict that. So if that doesn't happen, I just don't see an opportunity for him. And even if it does happen, I think somebody will be in there splitting it with him because out of 45 games, he's only had more than 11 carries um, three games. So they just he doesn't profile as that between the tackles runner um, and just pair that with his uh, round five ADP. I just I'm not a fan of the ADP, man. Um, I like the player, just not the ADP. 
Right, right. Well, see, when I proposed this to you guys as a sleeper, I was kind of upset because I was looking at the ADP, and the ADP is kind of hard to argue against. You had mentioned, you know, Mike Davis. That's a true workload back, and you know he's going to be in three downs a game. You guys are Atlanta fans. I mean, you guys know that that guy can can definitely carry a ball, whether it's for 100 yards or 75 yards. He'll do it 35 times a game. He doesn't care. Um, those quads will carry him to the moon. But I think that, you know, with, with uh, the trust that they instilled in Chase Edmonds, I know that's kind of weird. It's not necessarily – did I freeze on you, boys? But what I was saying was, I know this isn't like an analytical thing, but I am a big believer in feel. And I'm not going to say I feel like Chase Edmonds is going to be big because that's super campy and a cop-out. But what I've heard, you know, from OTAs, from Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he's he's produced a lot of rushing touchdowns. And I know that they've committed to Chase Edmonds. I mean, they've brought in James Connors. They didn't draft anybody. They have, I think, who's their, their third string quarter or running back, like Eno Benjamin or something like that. I mean, I have no idea. He has no fantasy value. So if James Conner gets hurt, you've got a guy who's literally going to be forced into a position where he's going to be a bell cow. And Chase Edmonds is young and he can carry that load. Um, and, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has come out and said that Chase Edmonds, you know, is our starter. We believe in him. We believe he can be that, that guy to, to carry the team. So I think that that, you know, that sort of confidence in him really does show. I mean, they signed James Conner to, oh, honestly, like a whack contract for very little money. So it shows no confidence in the guy. I don't think anybody was going to sign James Conner. I mean, there's, I, I love, I mean, I'm, I hate the dog James Conner. He's such an inspiration. He's such a good guy, but just on the field lately, he has not been there, especially when it comes to injuries. Uh, <clears throat> more early in the season, I was more higher on Edmonds than I am now. I'm, I'm coming out to earth just a little bit. Um, watching film and, and watching his game play uh, last year, I believe Edmonds was the better back for this offense. He looked much better in the offense than Drake to me. You know, uh, just uh, running running out the backfield, catching passes or what have you. And uh, we, we add in Connor has only seven carries with 20-plus uh, yards since 2019. So uh, he doesn't really have that boom to take it to the house uh, like Edmonds. Um Edmonds will still get some volume, but we spoke about the red zone problems. Kyler Murray scored 11 touchdowns in 2011, and Connor is a competent back to get in the red zone when he gets the ball in, in, in there. And, and that, that part is, is, is kind of um, unshaking me. And Connor is no slouch when it comes to a running back catching the football out the backfield. So um, I, I'm, I'm not sure – what is going to happen in his backfield. Um, we believe we want Chase Edmonds, but we got to remember when healthy, Connor's not a slouch either. So that's what I'm, I'm worried about. I, I feel uh, more comfortable. That's that's my only worry is that Connor is there now and, <clears throat> and uh, what this offense going to do because uh, last year I bought in on all the Drake hype because I thought he was just going to take over the backfield. And they still did not allow this guy to take over the backfield, which he should have. And he would have finished a higher running back if he'd have more of those receptions. So I, I just don't know if they're trying to keep the backs healthy, if they don't want a true number one running back. That's my only true concern because Drake was in the same hot seat last year, getting all the love. And he was in, I guess, where you drafted him is where he finished because he was a running back too. So I, I guess he, he was – Decent there, but uh, that's my only uh, worry is that Connor will eat in some and that his there is really no, no ceiling for him at his ADP. But uh, I, I, I like what he can bring to the table. I like after you miss out on Mike Davis. Um, 
I like Chase Edmonds before uh, the guy out there in Miami, but that's about it. Yeah, for sure. No, you like him on Gaskin? Uh, man, I, I, from what I, I – th- I think they're the same player, but – yeah, man, I just I just like that offense. Gaskin gets the workload, and you really and you brought up a great point about the Keon Drake situation, like, and that's why I think it is like you have to pay attention to what these coaches are doing and not saying because he has been talked up a lot. But you have them going out and signing Connor. It was a white contract, but the fact is they he, they signed him, so I feel like they're not just going to like have him be a bench player. And the fact that when Keon Drake got hurt and then came back, everybody was like Chase Evans probably got the spot on lock since Keon Drake got hurt. Keon Drake came back in and slid right back into that um, you know, number one role. So I just don't think they want to use him as a workhorse. Um, he does have a high floor because of the targets, like I said. But, man, that, that ADP, bro, it's just, it's just too rich. The ADP is killer, and I completely agree with you guys. I think that in the past, you know, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have, have split it up a bit. But I think – let's be honest. I mean, Kenyon Drake is a great running back. He's on the Raiders great this year. Great What? Great as a scratch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's extremely athletic. I always I'm, athletic. I'm not athletic, so I feel so bad talking shit about these NFL players. <laughs> um, so, uh, he's not as good as, you know, other NFL players or whatever, but he's still uh, an athletic guy. But I think that what you guys are saying is almost more of an attest, like, I think that is almost more of an argument for Chase Edmonds. I think that the reason Kenyon didn't play as much is because Chase Edmonds, when he got the chances, he shined. And when, when he got the ball, you know, he was doing things. He played on special teams. He sort of – he was an all-purpose guy, and that's what coaches look for. I think that honestly – and I might be wrong. I think if you are looking for your second running back, I think Chase, Chase Edmonds is going to overshine your expectations. But that's just me. You guys are bringing up great arguments, and it is hard to – bet against James Conner, you know, pre 2020, he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what COVID did to him or whatever with his regimen or anything, but I know that he is not a slouch, you know, so it is a little scary. He's had a little bit of time to rest and stuff. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, and the backup, he does have the potential because he is, a, <clears throat> he, he is a, a, a playmaker who breaks for big plays and with more opportunities that should come. So, I, I can see what you're saying, but um, until the coach come out and say Chase side guy Connor is gonna get a hundred, the lower portion. If Connor gets the lower portion of the carries, then yeah, he is he is fantasy gold because he's gonna get the receptions. Yeah, definitely. All right, so my final. <clears throat> you got any more final closing arguments? I, I have none. Do you All have right. any? So this is this is the final question. Then let's start. Start. Let's let's rank the top. Let's put them in order. I'm gonna give you four names. Okay. We got your boy Chase Evans. We got my boy Javante Williams. Mm. Gus Edwards. Oh, let me pick one more good one. Let me pick a good one. Damian Harris. Okay, that's easy. So I'm going to go Javante Williams because I think he'll be the starter by week four. And then I've got Chase Edmonds because the potential is there. Uh, I can't stand the New England backfield, so, so Harris is last. And then um, who was the other guy you had asked? Gus uh, Edwards. Yeah, Gus no, and, I, uh, and same thing with the, the Ravens backfield. I'm not, I'm not messing with that. Lamar Jackson's the, the best runner on that team, and they're going to try to spread the ball out a little bit more. I, I'm not going for Gus Edwards. I would probably, you know, J.K. Dobbins is the name to go for. I don't think that that committee is where I'm at. I don't know. I disagree. But Javante Javante Williams is going in the eighth round, though. 
That's, yeah, that ADP is nice. I think Javante Williams is a steal yeah. this year. Yeah, that's going to be different. I think it's, that ADP is going to correct itself, too, with Chase Edmonds, man. If you can get him around that eighth round mark, then yeah, okay. it's going to be a way better price, man. I just need him right, just what's a little bit behind Mike Evans, and I'm cool. I mean, Lose. not Mike, I think Mike Davis. Mike Davis. I'm cool. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Javante Williams first. Um who was it? Chase Edmonds and Damian. Yeah, I think I, I would probably go the same the same exact order. So Chase Edmonds second, um, Damian Harris, and then Gus Edwards. Not, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with the oh, same for me. <laughs> I think I like I like um, Damian Harris a little bit more than I like. Um, well, not a little bit, but a little bit more than y'all do because I feel like they, they came no. out and said he's looking like he's going to be the running back one in that in that offense. And we all know if if, if New England gets a, a solid running back one, then he's going to be um, he's going to be in consideration for being. He's going to get the end zone work, especially if Mac Jones ends up taking over. That's, you know what I'm saying? He kept that picture away. That's, that's the only thing. And, and one two thing keys about for it, me, two keys I, for me with Damian Harris is is Cam Newton not starting anymore just mm-hmm. because he's going to be getting a goal line rushes. And if mm. Sonny Michelle is going to be a pain too, I don't think he's just going to like not get any touches at all. I think I'm more scared of Ramar, uh, whatever the rookie name is, uh, Stevenson. I can't say Ramar Stevenson. Name. I mean, that's yeah. cool enough, but we, we know the head coach. Once you do one thing wrong, you in the doghouse for a minute. Exactly, and a rookie for four so, games. Right, right. So, so yeah, Harris is the guy there. But like we said, until they say Mac is not going to be there. I mean, it's till they say Mac is the quarterback, and then you got to bump his uh, touchdown production down some. Right. All right, man. So I think we are all in on not <laughs> um, taking Chase Edmonds at that ADP. Sorry, Just that I, day, wore, I should have worn my suit. You would have agreed more if I would have <laughs> I swear, you guys would have been like, damn, he, he knows his stuff in that suit. <laughs> it's the backward snapback. I should have done it. I, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Stay <laughs> Maybe next time you do it, I'll, I'll bring up Javante Williams since everyone likes him. Since I can get a double, <laughs> I'll bring him up and we can yeah. do that. You know? Hey, look, one look. question, real quick, man: Jamar, Jamar Chase or T Higgins this year? Because you are a Bengals fan, so that's the that that's the million dollar question. Honestly, yeah. Jamar Chase's talent is just so far superior, but I just think that I wouldn't. I think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going too high. I think Tyler Boyd's the wide receiver to target in the offense, honestly. At the ADP, I wouldn't draft either of those guys. But if you have to pick one, Jamar Chase has the highest ceiling, but Higgins has the lowest floor. So if you need a number three, I'd go Jamar Chase. If you need a number two, I'd go Higgins. Uh, I feel like Higgins is going to start out a little stronger. Yeah, definitely start out stronger for the first four games at least. That just goes to show how how good Jamar Chase is. Like they're literally like, like they're not forgetting about T. Higgins, but I just feel like he's just kind of like looked at just like an average player now, bro. Like this right. was sort of like how Tyler year. Boyd was when he first got to Cincinnati. Everybody was sort of yeah. like, man, he's just mediocre. You know what I mean? In the last few years, he's kind of really come on in the slot. So I don't to, I can't talk about Tyler Boyd too much. I dropped him one week too early, and Los picked him up and got all the value. I was so right. mad. Right. You got Phil Lindsay that I year, though. So I can't even, I don't even know who I, I hope I picked up Phil Lindsay for him. I can't even remember who I picked up for him. That how, year. How, you, how you feel, Vic? Which one you want? Top, uh, which one of the uh, Bengals wide receivers? T. Higgins or Chase? Or Boyd? 
to be honest, man, I'm in line with what my guy preached. You know, Higgins, my guy all day long. Of course, the challenge there with Chase, but I do think the sneaky value is going to be boys, similar to my Marvin Jones take. So, hey, at the end of the day, can't be mad at, you know, having any one of those guys, but I'm definitely trying to get Higgins everywhere. I do like him as wide receiver, too. I do think boys is going to be the steal. I can love be it. a guy at his ADP. I love that. You know, hey, we'll let them know where they can. So we'll yeah. let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, for sure. So find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Real Fantasy God. I'm on TikTok, podcasting. I'm on Fantasy in Session right now. So find me anywhere. You did. Hey, if y'all didn't know, Will is a TikTok TikTok guru, man. He 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 really killing the TikTok fantasy world out there. I'm, I'm ticking and I'm talking. So come on and watch it. It's it's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I, I appreciate you boys having me though. This was fun. Oh yeah, sure, sir, man. man. Thanks for stopping by, bro. Of course, we'll make man. sure both of y'all, uh, both of y'all, get in the tournament, man. Hopefully, I, I will. I got you. Time, I, I, the way you say tournament, bro. I, I heard you say it so many times. Just you, you said how so, you say it. Tournament. You be like tournament, tournament, tournament. Yeah, tour. T O tournament. R spells tour. Tournament. Tournament. It's not turn. What do you see a U? It's not no turn. I say tournament. tournament. I ain't gonna lie. I say tournament. That is wrong. <laughs> That's wrong. Y'all are wrong. It okay, just, it, I know, it, but it's acceptable. It's like putting G, G no, on no. the ending of words, but, man. But just tried to tell me I was saying it wrong, though. So now that. Oh, yeah, it's not wrong. How do you say it? I said you're saying it different. I'm saying it correct. Oh, my bad. Fantasy. It's session. Fantasy. It's session. Fantasy. It's session.